Hello and welcome to episode four of the Language of Songs podcast with John Vanek. And a bit of a departure this week because very excited to announce that most of this podcast will be taken up with an interview that I did earlier on with the wonderful songwriter Amy Goddard. And she's got quite a few albums you can check out on Bandcamp. I thought highly of her songs for quite a long time and she very kindly agreed to give me an interview and to play some of her songs on the podcast and to discuss them as well. Um, having a look at the kind of influences she's got in her songs and the sort of things that have um, influenced and affected her in terms of writing the lyrics and where they're going to come from and there's some interesting stuff so I hope you enjoy the interview with Amy Goddard. Um, I should add on this podcast that the discussion with Amy was quite in-depth and we discussed one particular song which is called Remembering Abba Fan, which is about the Welsh, well, it's a community disaster in a Welsh mining village, mining town, back in the 1960s. And Amy wrote a charity, it's a charity single for the Abba Fan Memorial Fund, and it did receive an award. And we do discuss this on the podcast here at some length, and I'm actually going to play the full version I was going to discuss only songs from the Secret Garden album, but the Abba Fan song is so... It's such a good song, and the way that Amy explains how she approached writing that song is, I think, very interesting to anybody who's involved with songwriting themselves or involved with any kind of creation of language. Um, so it may well be that this podcast, we're featuring Amy Goddard, becomes uh, part one, part two, uh, just so to let people know that... Um, We'll be discussing the remembering Abba fan single and song. Thanks. I always say in the podcast that you don't have to have great lyrics in songs. You um, don't have to, no. No, but very often people do write fantastic lyrics and they've obviously drawn on literature and poetry and all kinds of stuff. And it does work the other way as well. Yes. Um, and I noticed with your Secret Garden, um, yes. which I've got now, yeah, yeah. Uh, you do this really lovely booklet with it. And you explain some of the backgrounds to the songs. Yes, I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah. Why, why do you think that's important? Why? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think sometimes just a little bit of background sort of gives the song its setting. And um, I think also, particularly with my music, it's, the lyrics are really, really important. It's you know, it's the lyrics right. I write first, and so seeing them written down. So it's partly because I think having them written out is really helpful because. With the best will in the world, it's hard to get it so that you can hear absolutely every single word clearly when you're listening. So it's nice to have them written out. Um, and then just a little bit about the background tells you more of the context, doesn't it? I think it tells you what the thought process of the songwriter was, which is not necessarily what you would necessarily have thought initially. No, well, I mean, no. sometimes you don't know that unless you read about it. Yeah. And I think lyrics are important. I, I write lyrics first. Mm -hmm. I describe myself as a lyric-driven songwriter. Yes. Because you have to kind of come up with your, your niche these days. And Yes, yes, you do, but, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> but I'll tell you what I did like. One of the first lyrics of yours that I really like was from Near the Sea. Yes. And I'll just read a bit. When the world takes its toll and doubt swallows me whole, I return once again to the sea. And it's got a lovely cadence to it. Um, so... Yeah, I just picked up on that. And I know you kind of do 
get inspired by other writers because that's pretty clear from the booklet. Yes. Um, and there's one poet that you mentioned, is it Alfred Noyes? Yes, Alfred Noyes. The Highwayman is an adaptation of his poem. Yeah. Yes. And I think he was an English poet in this. Is it 20th or is it 19th or 20th century? Um, early 20th century, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, what was that? Was that just the uh, evocativeness of the words? It's part of the evocativeness of the words. I mean, it's one that I learned in school, so it's one I've long, known a long time. And I think it's the rhythm of the words as well. It makes it sound, because you imagine sort of a dark night and a horse, you know, a, a oh, yeah. riding on a horse. And it's it's the rhythm of the words. So you've got yeah. the man came riding, riding, riding. The highwayman came riding up to the old indoor. So it's, it's that repetition and the rhythm of the words. Yes. of it the whole um the moon was a ghostly galleon yes and, um yeah the, the wind yes. was a torrent of darkness and the moon was a ghostly galleon i, I think it, it creates pictures in the mind and yeah. I, think, I think good lyrics and good poetry actually create a picture in your mind yes. and i think yes. that's that's always the ones that particularly stick with me if it creates a picture or even a, a, a moving picture in my mind i can see yeah. the theme then the lyrics have done have done well they've made you visualise yeah. mm, yeah, well, I, I think that poem's probably been influenced a few films because I can I think, think it's a lot it has, yeah. black and white films that kind of have got this ghostly high ribbon absolutely yeah um, no that's a, that's a brilliant one that and, uh, you know it's uh, like you say it makes you visualise um, and it has an effect on the song obviously Mm -hmm. and had an effect on film. So these, this language is very, very powerful. Um, and you've mentioned something, Emily Dickinson, the American poet, don't you? And that, that yes. should you name check her for another song. Um, can you just say a bit about that? Emily Dickinson, which song was, which song was that? Um, well, I've got the booklet here. And... Oh, yes, you said it's in Jesse's song. You say, Emily Dickinson once oh, wrote... Yes. Dogs are better than humans because they know, but they don't tell. Yes, I think it's just I think it's just the quote that I'd known from. I don't know a lot of Emily Dickinson's work, to be perfectly honest, but th mm. that particular quote was something that really grabbed me. The idea mm. that a dog can sort of sense your feelings and you can tell them anything, but of course they can't repeat it. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> because, see, they don't, yeah. because they don't have the same language as us. So sometimes... Uh. 
you can uh, you can feel that your dog understands you, but they're um, they're, they're great secret keepers. <laughs> yeah, and that's really that's really where that song came from. Yeah. Well, I'll just stroke my little Lulu next to me. Oh, she's about <laughs> to go for. Uh, she's about to go for a walk. So oh. I don't disturb her because she's having a kip. But oh. she's a lovely little rescue dog, half Pomeranian, half Terrier. Oh, lovely! And um, we've never had a dog before. Oh, right. Um, so, she, but she's great. You're, you're right. You they do. I don't know. Well, I can bring her out. <laughs> That's the oh, hello. <laughs> oh, she's gorgeous. She's a sweetie. She really oh, is a sweetie. Sweetie. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine's asleep somewhere. Probably mine's gone back to sleep on my bed, so I won't go. <laughs> no, uh, she's off for a walk now. Um, but uh, she's the only problem with Lulu is she barks at other dogs. Oh, does she? Right. Trying to get that out of her. Um, so, but um, there's a, another song on here on the Secret Garden. I mean, even the title or the first track, Words of Sweet Music, is straight away somebody who loves language that really yes. appeals to me. Um, is that about words being only a bit limited the music has to I think, do things words can't I think words can be limited um, personally I've always been more into song lyrics than straight poetry I've always that's always yes. been something that's, that's um, interested me more and, and good prose I've, I, love, I love a good story and a descriptive yes. story um, words of sweet music I think I came up again just a quote I came across which was um when, where words fail, music speaks. And I think sometimes the combination of words and music together has more power over the emotion, more yes. power over our emotion, our emotional response than yeah, words alone. So sometimes you set something to music and it just brings that extra quality that mm-hmm. maybe music couldn't do on its own either because I'm not, yeah. I'm not a great instrumental um, fan it's not that i don't appreciate the skill in it but it doesn't instrumental music rarely moves me okay so it's the combination of the two together and i think and again words alone yeah rarely move me in the same way so the combination of the two together that's really what i was exploring in that yeah yeah, because I didn't really write songs till I discovered I couldn't write really good poetry. Oh, right. <laughs> and I kind of finally gave up, you know, admitted the obvious. Suddenly the guitar came to my rescue and the keyboard, and yeah. I started becoming a songwriter. But it took a long time to get to that point. Yes. Um, I always find the lyrics harder to, to write than the music, because I'm a musician first. I did, I did my classical sort of training on piano and guitar. Ah, yes. But um, I always found lyrics harder because I don't know I didn't I think you sometimes particularly when you're growing up and you're listening to music you you think that lyrics just come to people and that's not true you have to really work at them you have to decide what you want to say and then you have to sort of craft them it's it's a it's a it's a process and it takes quite a long time so this idea of it just coming to you in the ether well this doesn't for me put it that way no do you write them down before you sing them or you just what the Yes. Um, yes, I have, I have notebooks, um, and I and mm. I write lyrics um, before I write the music and before mm. I start thinking of a tune. Um, sometimes there might be a, a little hint of a tune or an idea, a rhythmic idea or something that will go along with the words. Particularly as the rhythm is often dictated by the the rhyming structure or the, the rhythm of yes. the words. But I don't actually set out. I've never set out with a tune and then written words to it. It just doesn't work that way around for me. No, no, I don't think I've done that. No, it's definitely words first. Mm. Um, And then sometimes where the tune goes can depend on what I'm playing, what what instrument I'm playing, 
And okay. I'm using the guitar and I use lots of open tunings. Yes. And those, that suggests different progressions than... Yeah. Well, when I, when I discovered Open D, I had a guitar teacher um, mm -hmm. some years ago who taught me slide. Yeah. I took to it straight away. And I've just used Open D ever since. Yeah, that's amazing, write, isn't it? I can write songs in it. Um, it's, you know, I barely use standard tuning now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I use standard tuning for some things. Um, my favourite open tuning is Open C. Okay. Open C. And that's the one that was popularised by Dougie McLean. Yes. Oh, yes. Lovely, yes. lovely, lovely songwriter. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, he, he wrote, he's written some great stuff, actually. Oh, he has, yes. Yeah. Great. Um, My Love Will Follow. Is it called My Love Will Follow? Uh, this, lo this, will, this Love Will Carry. Is That's it, yes. That's Carry. such a great song. song. Yeah. And Caledonia is a great song because yes. it's like a love song to his homeland, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And that's very evocative. I love the bits about... Um, I'm sitting here before the fire, the empty room, the forest choir, and it's the... And, and I can just imagine sitting in a in a yeah. cabin in front of a fire but hearing all the forest sounds around and everything yeah. it, just, it draws a wonderful picture and again yeah. like, lyrics that make me imagine a picture or put me in a particular place are always the ones that I'm really drawn to yes and uh, would, would he be an influence on you? oh yes huge influence yeah. yes he's a huge yeah. influence on me I, I got into playing in open sea through playing his songs okay and, and yes he's a big influence in um sort of lyric writing and the subject matter he often writes about sort of nature and things like that yes. so. yeah he's got that kind of Celtic quality yes. I don't know what it is but yeah it is a Celtic sort of yeah a Celtic mm. influence certainly and um, who would it be other influences um, I'm a big fan of Chris Wilde and Julie Matthews um, I don't know if you've come across no, them I don't, I, no I've got to check that out alright yeah Chris Wilde and Julie Matthews they're a duo um, they both write but Julie Matthews in particular is a very very good songwriter mm. what I particularly like about her is that she'll take she tends to take things that are like sort of contemporary social justice concerns and things like that and yes. she'll write a song about them that isn't I don't know sometimes if we're not very careful, songs about those sort of things can end up sounding a bit whingy or, yeah. do you know what I mean? Or a little bit, um, I don't know, a, a, almost a parody of some of the 1960s protest songs. Do you see what I yeah. mean? If you know, mm, but, yeah. but she sort of seems to avoid those sort of cliches and, um, and she writes songs that, although if you know the background, you can totally see what the story is, sometimes yeah. there's a slight ambiguity to it so you wouldn't necessarily she doesn't spell it out I think that's what I'm saying yes she doesn't spell it out it's um, it's it, the content is implied rather than spelled out and I think that's particularly good I mean there's a song by her called um, Inconvenient Hero which okay. is all about um, it's all about the firemen who um, were called the Twin Towers right and, and the work that they did and then how afterwards all their um, their health insurance was invalid and things like that. So all the problems they had, sort of respiratory-wise, afterwards, their health insurance was invalid. Yeah. The NHS over there, and so they had sort of terrible problems because of that. So inconvenient hero is quite a yes. nice yeah. title. But nowhere does it mention. Um, it doesn't mention um, terrorism. It doesn't mention no. 11. It doesn't say anything about twin towers. It doesn't even mention New York. Okay. It still tells the story. Yes. You know I mean, but it's yeah. but it's implied rather yes. than absolutely spelled out. And I think um, that's something I particularly like and something I particularly try yes. in my own songs. I like to sort of 
maybe not give the whole story because then the listener can actually create their own story in a way. Right. In some senses. You can you can put your own experiences onto something if it just gives you the idea of a feeling rather than yes. a complete story. So Yeah. But Chris Watt and Julie Matthews, yes, you'd like you'd like them. They're very good. Yeah, I'm sure I would. And you've written songs like that, haven't you? Or you've been you've even been asked to write songs like that. Well, in, in sort of. Well, yes, I got the feeling from your website mm-hmm. that there were songs about social issues. Yes, um, songs about social issues. I wouldn't say I've been asked to write them specifically, but they're things that I've chosen to write. I mean, I wrote the one about the Aberfan disaster. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was that was the one that got the Fatea Award in 2016. So that was. That was really nice, and of course, I grew I grew up in the area where the Aberfan disaster took place. Okay, so I grew yes. up in that valley, um, and that was a difficult song to write. I think I do tend to think now, how would Julie Matthews handle this? <laughs> if I'm not, you know, if I'm yes. thinking yes. of a difficult subject, um, with that one, I sort of told the story from one parent's point of view, so yes. a, a, rather than the whole, and that was just the take that I took on it. Um, about the fact that the kid hadn't wanted to go to school on that particular day and then yes. how you live with the, the knowledge that if they'd stayed home they'd have survived it's a this is a very yes. obviously a very dark subject um well I'll just to explain in case anybody yeah. listening Aberfan was a really notorious event back in the 60s yes. where the Welsh mining community um had a disaster with a, a slurry heap that was up on the hills which made its way down and submerged to school and right. there were many many fatalities um so just to explain the background to that yeah yes that's 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 what happened in it and again but i was careful not to mention Aberfan in the song i never say yes. i never say the name of the village yeah and and do you see what i mean and sometimes you can allude to things without actually spelling them out as well because with something like that it could be just for example, my draft lyric, I, w- I mentioned the word coffins, which is because okay. all the pictures show lines and lines of coffins in the mass burial. Yes. But actually, I took that out when I reworked the song. And as I, as I sort of refined the draft, I took the word out because it was too stark. It was right. too, Do you understand what I mean? It was, yes, yes. It didn't yes. need the word coffins in it to be um, emotive. And it was just no. a step too far into talking about things that are well, I suppose, too, almost too gruesome to be part of the arts. Yes, yeah, I know what you mean. It just didn't and seem appropriate. And you also have to consider the feelings of the survivors who are still around. So yes, that's true, that's you, true. You, know, you have to think about their sort of sensibilities as well. I've heard...